Welcome back, everybody. We're here with another episode of Uneducated Chefs. That's right, just a pair of uneducated chefs. And today, we're going to tell you what to do with that little white ball you get when you finish drinking your mozzarella. Oh my god. Oh my okay. god. <laughs> oh, oh my god. Oh, wait, wait. I'm getting, I'm getting patched in. Okay, so it turns out this is actually me, the boys, and the void. And we are here to discuss pop culture with all y'all. And I'm not here to talk to you about mozzarella at all. I swear. I'm here to talk we to you about We might bring up mozzarella once or twice. Oh my uh, god. <laughs> we might talk about mozzarella. Yeah, who knows? If there is... Uh, I'm your other... Alright. I'm your other co-host, Tyler. I am your host. Fuck. <laughs> he is your host, Tyler. I am your other host, Nicholas. Uh, or Nick. Don't call me Nicholas, for the love of God. Uh, and today... We have some very special guests with us on Me the Boys. Yes, we and do. The Void. We have the. We have a pair. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm. Go, go, go for it. I I'm going to keep drinking. <laughs> we have a pair of anime savants with us today. Oh, yes, indeed. You're damn right. Oh. Hello, hello. This is James. Of the Anime Savants Podcast, here to have a good time, hang out, talk some pop. <laughs> or pop culture, not pop. Ooh, I'm in the and room. I am Jordan, Ooh. I am the other Anime <laughs> Savant, and you've probably heard me before on this. <laughs> Indeed. You may have heard him before on this, um, because he's been on this. Absolutely. Well, we're here to talk to you, as always, about nerd shit. To help you escape the screaming ball of misery that is planet Earth. So, today we have the anime savants on specifically uh, to talk about anime. Now let's let's start out with I remember briefly in a previous episode and actually on anime savants uh, I brought up that the Narmak SpongeBob uh, they came out with the dub now. And I know that we, we'd talked about it before, but I just wanted to get their take uh, now that we have them on. Uh, I'm assuming you've seen the uh, the, Spongebo- the Spongebob Narmak anime. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, the dub, you know, recently came out. And I gotta say, after watching it, I do enjoy the sub more. I mean, that's generally my feeling, um, because I think the sub was as much a parody of, <laughs> like, real anime productions as the dub is a parody of yeah. dubs. So it's kind of, so so if, maybe if I'd heard the other one first, I'd feel a bit different, but I think they're both funny, but they're funny in different ways, um, but I, I defer to the crowd, because I have a feeling that uh, the folks who are much more into those either like overdubs or um, uh, a bridge series or just, you know, that milieu, they're into that and they, they'll find it hilarious. I thought the original was great in a lot of ways, including like the not so great <laughs> Japanese. I think like part of that was part of the, you know, the, the, the mood, the vibe. So I don't know. That was, that was my takeaway. I, just quickly looking at it. Well, I'm glad that you, um, I'm glad you brought up Abridged, uh, because we, not to rapidly shift gears, but we do have some uh, Abridged talks that I think Nick 
probably wanted to to start us out on. I do, uh, but I I wouldn't mind taking a minute to um, to sit on the Normac dub, or dub and sub, if you will, because I thought there was something uh, there was a really interesting point you touched on there, James, about what are about the dub accomplishing the expectations of what a dub should do, and my first thought immediately is a very simple line. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> Which is, that is almost, in the West, that is the purpose of a dub, is to stylistically, deliberately butcher the English language at the right moment. Right. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's silly, it's ridiculous. I don't know, the whole thing is great. I I don't remember who, do you, off the top of your head, recall um, the cast, the casting that they did? Because I know they got some folks who were somehow related to some other um like fan fan animation but i don't know too much about that community to know who's doing it oh they got some heavy hitters i never i never looked too deeply uh just just folks who are known in that space because i because i didn't know like when i first saw the the subbed version (laughs) i was fascinated by the people they got to do the voices because some of them felt like or at least one uh felt like a professional and the other guy the one who did uh uh what was it the main enemy that they had? Bubble Bass. Uh, yeah, yeah, Bubble Bass. The one who did the Bubble Bass voice. I couldn't tell if this person was like trying to be like over the top and bad on purpose because they actually had pretty good pronunciation of some things that like would would lead me to believe they at least studied oh. a little. And then other places it was like absolutely played for comedy. So I don't know. I don't know anything about it. I don't want. I'm not like. I haven't dived too deep to answer that question but it just stuck out to me and then the dub was just yeah. just funny i thought um funny. the guy was you patrick know. nailed it. yeah nailed it yeah i'm still on the on the sub um just thinking about what was meant and what was unintentional but oh man that patrick dub I like the I like Mr. Krabs. I like that they were like when did they like censor so. something like ra- like randomly in the beginning like they put like a dolphin yeah. noise over it or something. <laughs> yeah, I, it's so clever. I don't like, remember. I actually uh, I don't remember offhand, but uh, that would be the perfect uh, oh, style yeah. choice. Yeah, everything they I I love the clever the subtle homages that they make to the show and to the the genre and to the parody. All three have separate but equally. Uh, well-placed, uh, like, just shout-outs and references to, like, oh, this is a trope. You know, it's it's brilliant. I think it's so, so smart. So clever. I don't know. So it, it reminded me of, um... Was it, was it uh, Andy Partridge or something like that? That that uh, British animator? Not, uh, uh, not Harry Partridge. Harry Partridge, there we go. It was, okay. Yeah. The dub it just gave me like the like the 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 comedy timing felt a lot like like some of that work I don't know what was that he had one like something the Starbarian or whatever oh the uh, Starbarian wow that's a uh, we're we're uncovering multiple uh, uh-huh. cans of worms here right now YouTube animation 
the the inevitable um, disappearance of YouTube animators. One day they just fucking poof. They haven't posted in five years and don't exist anymore. And typically it's because they got a real job. Oh my god. Nine times out of ten, someone from Disney was like, yo, you want to animate? And they were like, deuces. And you just never see them again. Because they're a they're functioning, functioning adult. Well, though, it must be nice to... Well, yeah. It must be nice to work on a project and not worry about the original, you know, property being like, no, this is copyright, take down all of your shit, you know? It's interesting almost... Um, it's interesting almost the apps, the exact opposite approach that you see from the adaptation of uh, historically popular culture versus what happens on the internet. Because, you know, when you look at uh, adaptations of popular culture, usually it's a, in some way or another, it's a disaster. Usually it makes money, but fans find a way to screech and complain. And it's not often, it's not unwarranted. It's typically something from the source material has been horribly bastardized. Or it just doesn't work. I mean, we've talked about that on our podcast a lot. I know Jordan has stronger thoughts <laughs> sometimes than I do about certain certain genres where, where that happens. Um, we we oh. won't get into BL stuff here, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, thought about it. Mm. But there are others. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. We, we, we've had we've had versions of this conversation. I think literally last week or the last episode, um, we we talked a little bit about it. But I don't know. I'm in the middle. I fall. I fall. I find that sometimes I'm in that category of people that just says don't don't do the adaptation. Just don't bother because if the people let, let's say that the work that you're sourcing from is actually pretty revelatory like the person who was behind it caught something and then they had the right medium whatever it was it could be movie could be tv program could be cartoon animated um they communicated whatever to the right audience short at the short right stories light novel right they they captured an idea mm. very well in the format that they were working in and as long with the constraints of that format so when you try to migrate that elsewhere I think everyone knows this, anyone who's involved in any kind of creative endeavor, that you know that either something is lost, which might be fundamental to the thing you're making, or you have to add other things that you may not be as good at creating as you were in that original medium. So I think that, aside from crass commercialism, that's kind of where you lose a lot. Um, and you need someone just as talented as the original creator to be a part of that new production. And the odds of hitting lightning twice in that way... Look I mean, at what's happening with Monster Hunter. Yeah. That shit is not translating well, just based off of the trailer. Damn. Right. This is the new Monster Hunter that's coming out? Monster Hunter movie, yeah. Oh, the movie. So, all I knew about the movie is that is that Mila Jovovich is in it. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. And that's probably all you need to know. I mean, if you... There's a way, there's a way to be very cynical about these things, and there's a way to be over the... Uh, uh, apologetic on their behalf like the cynical view is everything is a cash grab so whatever artist's soul there was in the original is by definition going to be lost I think everyone kind of knows that that's not totally true um, it's everything is commercial art if you buy a comic book that's commercial art if you are even a lot of the YouTube videos we talked about the Narmak stuff in a way because 
part of how that production works is people either give directly or through ads. That's also commercial art. So there's a compromise to the commercial end, even in the original stuff that's coming out. But on the overly apologetic side, you have folks who will defend anything because they liked the original and they just want it to continue so they can get that same dopamine hit. So, you are yeah. you mean like Ghost oh in the boy. Shell fans? Well, uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> and the funny thing is that Ghost of the Shell, there's like five different versions, and it depends on are you a Ghost in the Shell fan of like Oshi's original work? Because that ain't got nothing to do with what's in the movie, which ain't got nothing to do with what's in any of the sequels. It ain't got nothing to do with standalone complex. It ain't got nothing to do with oh the my God, Western shit that pulled out of Don't, Hollywood. Oh. Like, there's a. <laughs> Like, like the original Ghost of the Shell is like half sci-fi, you know, Philip K. Dick, interesting shit, and half porn, right? Yeah. Like the original, original, and then yeah. like the that's the that's the uh, not to not to disparage a whole culture, but that's almost the Japanese element of it, right? It's like what 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 if we what if we <laughs> big tits and they do backflips? Right. I mean, Oshii was like a a massive pervert, which is cool. I'm down for that, but like. If you're, it, it, I'm to if someone were to call themselves like a purist for um, the series and then get mad at one particular version of it that sucked for some reason, but like depending on where you trace your your fandom back to, you can make an argument that all of it sucks, like top to what? bottom. Like the original was compromised by the like his like strange fascination with young girls and giant boobs and whatever like cool metaphysical ideas he came up with around like cyber brains and everything else is just like window window dressing and an excuse to get him to draw contorted cyborgs with like f cups like wrapped around you know telephone poles and shit right you could make it's a it's a credible argument you could make and you know or that the movie wasn't the success of the movie was more due to the influence of like blade runner at the time than it was to like anything Oshi came up with because the story is the original like uh, I think the first no it's not even the first it's like the 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 third or fourth like chapter of or volume of Ghost in the Shell that was the movie because um, I I remember this dates me a little bit when they made the sequel to Ghost in the Shell that was like half CG animated and every there was like the big clamor like everyone was like super excited for this movie They're like oh man we're gonna get like the what what Ghost in the Shell was supposed to be because oh, no. it was right and it was weird as fuck and it was, it a Kubrick was film. Pe- yeah <laughs> and it was panned and people were like what the fuck is this that's not the Ghost in the Shell no that is that that movie was closer <laughs> to what the original was, like minus most of the porn, but like weird, in, inscrutable kind of like uh, psychological analyses of like what happens when you separate the mind from the body and the soul, and blah 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 blah. So like, I've seen this fight happen a lot in a lot of communities. Not to it mention, just depends on where um, you enter. Not to mention the the whole point. I think in the second movie that the further you try to split hairs, the more you get into baseless insanity. You know, it, oh it yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, right, right. So you know, like, uh, do I do? Am am I really gonna get mad at one more bad <laughs> adaptation that was done for money? Like, probably not. I get. I think I'm more. I'm a self-loathing type of person. So my anger is more d- directed at my own, like how captured I am by franchises and ideas. Not necessarily like it's the fault of the people for making bad shit. Because like I'm a 
I'm a Star Wars fan, so like mm. I have to have that point of view. Yeah, <laughs> right. Welcome like, to the they, show. Oh shit! Were, Let's just talk about oh, Star yeah. Wars. What we were, were we talking about? Who like cares? Nick and I last week, we were just talking about. We're like, we have to stop continuing to bring up the Last Jedi in every single podcast episode. That that was my non <laughs> that was my non sequitur opening was. Welcome to the secret. <laughs> Star Wars hate podcast where every oh we don't we don't have to talk about the Last Jedi we can just we can just we can just talk about our own emotional failures as adults I think that I think that will cover basically the same ground anyway that's that is true Um, and speaking of emotional failings you know it's it's interesting right because things like Ghost in the Shell like Acura they they've spawned this whole never ending discussion about not only cyberpunk but also transhumanism. And maybe not spawned, but they've definitely been a significant part of it. Meanwhile, while we're having these, like, trying to pick these things apart, you can you can go back to the author or the writer, and they're just like, oh, yeah, I just needed big boobs. I just wanted a chick with big boobs to do backflips. And it was like, well, that makes a whole lot of sense if she's a robot. Well, I mean, like, that's the that's the, the Sword Art Online. Oh, you know, don't camp. even get me started. Or, or Excel World. I know Jordan recently uh, recommended Excel World on our podcast, and it's interesting to go back to to explore that, like Reki Karahara versus Mamoru Oshii in terms of like turning on oceans of fans to like fairly interesting uh, transhumanist ideas, but then wrapped in very questionable packages. At least Oshii could write. But but what if we but what if we hit him? So let me hit him with the transhumanism. But okay, hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Incest plot. <laughs> okay. So it's Japan. Yeah, Japan. All right. <laughs> that was me snoring my mountain of a cocaine. Okay, I, I dipped. I dipped for a second because oh, my headphones were fucking up. But I heard Excel World. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I was I was referencing it in a good way as to like what we had talked about uh, on our podcast as, oh, as far as a recommendation goes, despite other things by the same author. <laughs> <laughs> the warmest of loots, also, yeah, I man. The I, warmest of loots. God damn it. <laughs> we we call this one. This yeah, is about a room that temperature. That is a very good way to put it. Yeah, yeah. Room temperature takes. Yeah, that seems fine. Un, a totally uncarbonated, just <laughs> flat. Hey, what's up? I'm your beige host with my beige takes. Ele- That's right. Elevators. Wearing a beige beige jacket with beige shoes. Elevators are pretty all right. All right. Oh Thanks my for god. Coming. Well, that was our show, everyone. Me, the boys, and the the elevators. Yep. I guess. It's just a yep. sign off right there. No, but I, but but I I think that like it's a funny place because I. As someone who has both been on the creator side for work that got an audience, and then also been on now more on the you know review and I don't even know what to call it commentary side, like I know personally that I have and have a lot of self-loathing and loathing for people who like anything that I would make <laughs> because I know what's wrong with it. I know all the things that are half baked, where where some of these ideas came from. And so in a way, like, I find when I talk to other, uh, certain other artists, mostly, like, writers, you know, uh, there's a kind of, like, shock that anyone even would give a fuck about their bad mm. ideas. 
um, like I remember, was it Kishimoto many years ago? This is the writer uh, uh, for Naruto. Like he gave an interview where he w- apologized. Like he opened the interview apologizing to uh, the the journalist from some Japanese magazine uh, for how poorly he had written most of the women in uh, Naruto, like over mm-hmm. the years. And this was like unbidden. It wasn't like he was asked a tough question and then he you know came off rip like oh I'm totally sorry for this. Like it was on his yeah. mind. That he felt, and many do feel, that, you know, he, he wrote one female character 15 times. And not very well any of the 15 times he wrote that same character. And he promised to do better and yada yada. But the point is, like, this is a guy who, I know he's probably technically a millionaire, but certainly someone who can, like, do oh, whatever yeah. he wants creatively. Like, if, so, if, if someone in the United States had made something as popular worldwide as Kishimoto, we'd be talking about that person like they could write platinum checks and say anything and have any opinion about anything in media because just you know they were successful so they can they have they they have right. right to the opinion. This guy was like, nah, man, like the shit I wrote was fucking trash. It was terrible. So like I'm, I'm actually sorry it exists. You've brought up a great question. Uh, is Mrs. Kishimoto okay? What is she doing right now? I have no fucking idea. <laughs> Because I think he has a daughter, right? Or no, maybe I'm thinking of um, uh, Togashi. Because goddamn are the female characters in in Cell. <laughs> I almost called it Sasuke. <laughs> in Naruto. Yeah, might, yeah, might as well. <laughs> in Sasuke. I'm just going to start calling it Sasuke. Because that's what it's really about. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> but that's... It was a Freudian slip. Because that's like... Sasuke is the poster child of abusive relationships. He's a garbage human who never grows ever and deliberately hurts the people that Why do you love think so him many people to actually his fucking own like benefit. Because they see the, because <laughs> they see themselves in him and they're like, "No, nah, man, no, nah, he's misunderstood." Nope, you're a piece of shit too. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yeah, dude, and, and and bringing it into like like the woman of Naruto, it's it's like a. Man, you know what? It's kind of funny because, like, you could see it as sexist, but in a way, it's almost not sexist at all because they're doing the exact same thing that dudes do with chicks, which is the girls are like, yeah, he's crazy, but he's hot. (laughs) I wish they even went, I wish they even explained that, right? Like, it's so, it's so conservative that, like, even the hot people in that series. Don't they, they 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 seem it's like they're they're the physicality their existence it doesn't matter to other characters just they are yeah. now in love with this person it's not why oh yeah like Eno's got fat tits I want to follow her around all day like no you don't there's no explanation that's just blushing in the corner or like acting like morons like it, it's just a it's a strange it's a strange world that they've concocted for themselves what was what was a, a, a I'm trying to remember what were we talking about on the podcast or this idea of like hyper um, uh, sexualized sexlessness <laughs> is like oh my it's like in anime is, is just this, we this thing that boggles my mind that's why i'm actually happy that like jay's yeah, yeah oh yeah are just big for no fucking reason at all <sighs> and how the girl fell in love with the main character and now all she can do is blush around him and he's a completely ignorant kirito clone copy like two, like two, like down, like 
down to the color palette. Ugh. It's interesting. Um, in anime, anime to a T when it comes to like relationships with their characters mimics golden age sci-fi. If you look at golden age sci-fi, you'll have characters like especially a great example I'm thinking of is the the story that inspired Invasions of the Body Snatchers. Uh, can't think of the name of it right now, but we are recording live, so I'm just going to roll with it. But um, this in this story, the the main the the main love interest for the character uh, as soon as, like, they, they're a very capable person, they're intelligent, they're basically smarter and stronger and more effective as a human being than the main character, but as soon as they enter a relationship with the main character, they become uh. a damsel. What do you want to do? How, do? how do you think we should solve this situation? And the situation doesn't be, whatever the problem is, it, the character that used to be effective in dealing with their life now automatically defers to the self-insert self for the yeah, office. Yeah, speaking of sword on sword art online, geez. Well, actually, can we can we just oh go God. back to Sasuke for a second? <laughs> and just, um... um <laughs> and the fact that Kishimoto clearly didn't learn his fucking lesson with Boruto? How oh the God, fuck? not at all. How the fuck? Like, one of the main Detail. reasons why I stopped... <laughs> Oh One my of the God. main the reasons why I stopped oh Boruto was because of Sarada. Like, the whole thing with Sasuke just basically being like, I'm going to travel the world and abandon my wife with my only child, who's the successor to the clan now, even though she's doubting her lineage. So dumb. And I'm just like, wait, wait. What? Why? <laughs> why are you letting this character do oh. this shit again? <laughs> It doesn't make sense. It's just like, oh no, I just like is it's, it's... Kishimoto put inserting himself into the, the fucking manga now. He does. He wants to do this. This is what I'm saying. The the, the they at yes, and a whole yes. arc of who fucked my mom. Like <laughs> he how didn't much, learn anything. How much of a... Oh my god. Yeah. The whole like now now I to be clear. I'm not following Boruto regularly, week from week, but even I, from my YouTube clips, know there was an arc in which the purpose of the arc is yeah. how much of a cuck is Sasuke. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, or yeah. sorry, is Sakura to Sasuke. Yeah. 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 That, Jesus. Yeah. And it's not explained, but the issue is that it's not explained. The resolution of that arc is Serata like, oh, he is my dad. And, and, and Sakura like, yeah, he is. He's uh. cool. <laughs> and then he's gone again. He's training some other dude. It's like, what is this world? Like, how does this work? How, how are people, are like, divorced? not tearing this entire society apart? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, wait. Oh, my I God. I'm, but, I mean, if you want to go back to that, that the concept of, like, the Golden Age hero, what, regardless of whether it was sci-fi or not, I mean, you can look at what, um, uh, what was going on, like, Conan the Barbarian or Flash Gordon. There's this very common repeated idea where the whether or not the main character is traditionally an icon of like whatever the the construct of masculinity happens to be at the time when the thing is written or not like you can make an argument like if you fast forward to like 2020 there's a variety of different ideas of what that is but if you go backwards it kind of narrows in here's the this is the trajectory you have um male hero male hero is Ur man 
Our man may be rejected by women, but eventually there will be a scenario in which Er man will show his Er manliness, and that woman will suddenly recognize it. And at that point, she stops mm-hmm. being a character because she acquiesces to that, whatever that is. Doesn't matter if that person has flaws, doesn't matter if it's psychotic or self-destructive, or even makes no sense in the context of the world they've painted for the story, or the individual characters, that's the end point. And so when I watch and read a lot of stuff, and it ain't just anime, you know, let, let's get, let's make that clear. And a lot, and you know, mm. for those who are like waving the, the feminist flag and saying that like, well, we fix things. No, in a lot of like, purely woke, uh, uh, escapist literature movies we get the same problem mm. where characters just suddenly shut off yeah. like they really, don't have um, I really, right and sorry go ahead and then also the things that we know about humans are even a person who gets better addresses their flaws it's still gonna make mistakes and those mistakes that they do make are all going to be correlated right. with each other like, we all have blind spots. We have things that we consistently get wrong, overestimate, or whatever, just as a result of what we know. And it's the problem I find a lot is that you can fix some of the gender representation, but you but unless you can figure out how to make your characters suck in ways that make sense, they will always be um, teetering on the edge of like turning into a one-dimensional piece of bullshit. And that's where I shut the fuck off right away. I really like the phrase you used to describe the process, which is that they acquiesce. Because yep. I can't think of a more perfect way to describe it, because it, like you said, it happens not only in anime, it happens across all sorts of mediums, where the, char- the conflict between the characters acquiesces to more effective writing. And sometimes, <laughs> sometimes that's the right choice, and sometimes it's not. Yeah, and that's also where the story should end. If that's, if that's where you want to get to, like... You know, uh, you can you can point to an SAO type situation. If the point of the story is just to get the characters to the point where they stop caring about the little problems and have come to terms with whatever is going on, then you should figure out how to end your story right there. Because if I have to spend more time with these people and they are they just become flat objects, which is what I think every season of SAO was after the first one. Really, after the, the first 12 episodes. Like, the the entire franchise is captive to the fact that, like, no one can really change and grow anymore because the, the jig yeah. is up. I'm, so, almost picturing it, I'm almost picturing it like after you've completed the story that you set out to tell, all of a sudden, it's all of these characters stop being living, breathing characters in your brain, and they become the equivalent of the intro to the very first Super Smash Brothers game, <laughs> where they're, they're dolls in a room, and you start waving them around. Well, what if this doll fought this doll? What if, what if, what if they fought each other this way in this setting? And what if this one was mad and he left for a whole season? How would that react? And once that happens, you're no longer interested in telling a story. You're interested in beating your audience somehow like gaming them somehow. And that in and of itself isn't inherently bad, but when you do that when you don't have a point, it's always apparent. No, I agree. I, I totally agree with that. Um, there's a, outside of, of lit, um, in psychology, there's this idea that we know for infants, it's the idea of object permanence. So like when a, a baby is 18 months, if you take a ball and you put it underneath a cup, and then you lift the cup, 
the as far as the the baby's mind is concerned uh that ball stopped existing for the moment it wasn't seeing it and then you put the cup back and the ball snapped back into reality yes that's yes. why you can do things like you know the they, they will completely lose track of like you know if you do like a shifting cup game with someone less than two years old they don't have this idea that like objects exist in the world after when they're not looking at them when they're not interacting with them but there's a point and it's weird because it's almost like it snaps too where like your brain doesn't have that ability and then suddenly it does and yeah. when it and, and once you cross over the complexity of everything else that's going on obviously starts to weigh on your mind to the point where we're all adults you know facing midlife crises because we we know all the moving parts of the world are so much bigger than us and they're outside of our control and some of us go crazy and kill ourselves as a result of that knowledge so the idea that like a fiction author in a multi-million dollar multi-billion dollar franchise has no better grasp on the structure of their story than an 18 year old baby or 18 month old baby is like unbelievable Damn. to me what what is the point of brutal. editing brutal oh wow yeah yeah so like if you're if you're listening to this and you've already published and you've fallen prey to these things you actually don't even exist like, you're not even here. none of us exist we're not here I have spoken you out of the world. Good day, sir. <laughs> Holy shit. Wow. Well, so on a uh, on a not very similar topic. So the abridged content that's out there. Uh, Dragon Ball Z abridged, Yu-Gi-Oh abridged, uh, Helsing, the one episode of Attack on Titan abridged, uh, Pokemon, Avatar. Rip. Like, Rip. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's worth talking about in the sense that even though it's very much fallen out of relevance today, it was a complete cultural phenomenon in the mid-2010s, in the early yeah. 2000s. Yeah, I mean, I think, honestly, I think a lot of the, and, you know, this might this is pure speculation on my part, but I do believe in my heart that a lot of the reason Dragon Ball came back was because of Team Four Star. Oh, now that's, that's a thought, it's a thought that never crossed my mind, but I actually, when I think about it, yeah, DBZ is culture, culturally relevant still today because of DBZ yeah. abridged. I will make that yeah, take. Yeah, that's, that's my spice take, or, and your spice take, I guess. Yeah. I agree. Fight us, Savats! <laughs> Tag team battle arc. I'll I'll, I'll defer I'll defer to, to Jay who didn't uh, to Jordan to, to you know to you know because he, he, he your take will probably make more sense as an outsider. I have a I think I have a tweener position on this, but I'll okay. I'll defer first. Wait, what? What's going on? Hello. <laughs> so, <laughs> DB DBZ's popularity as a result of. Uh, the popularity of the abridged series in oh. the mid 2010s. Yeah, yeah. Where I'm even gonna go take it further. DBZ remains relevant because oh. of DBZ abridged, which which DBZ super piggybacked okay, off. I heard it that United time. States. Fuck these headphones. God damn it. Um. So, <laughs> uh, ooh, how do I put this? As a person who didn't watch abridged. And who kind of got like disenchanted with Dragon Ball 
very quickly after getting into the broader anime scene. Um, I'd have to say that... Yeah, you know, I'll agree with that. I'll agree with it. I'll agree with it. So... Yeah, yeah, because, like, so... my Just to, to clarify my stance for you guys, DBZ was a huge groundbreaking thing, but it does not age well. It does not age well, well at all. Uh, because other people came forward agreed. and did what it Which did Which is, so like, that's a good thing, though. It's, like, you would... I would prefer, at least, for, like, people to, you know, like, be influenced by it and then also, like, not repeat those mistakes. I guess you can kind of see the same thing right now with, like, Jujutsu Kaisen, where... And James James said this himself on the podcast, where he was, like, um, you see everything that... Basically, Jujutsu Kaisen takes what everyone else did wrong and does it the right way, with good pacing. Oh, you know, I really need to start it because, like, I've had a feeling it's going to be good, but, like, I've been sitting on it because I've got a few things I'm just catching oh, up yep, on still. Oh, yeah, that's One of them good, too. Yeah, I was like... I would, and I would, I, part of the reason I bring, I bring up Fire Force is that Fire Force, to me, feels like the refined shonen. Uh, a lot of shows within the last three or four years, uh, especially Demon Slayer, have felt like the refined shonen. Where they deliberately subvert the trappings yeah. of the genre in a very effective way. Yeah, I would say that it's in the same vein, but it's not necessarily about subversion. It's it's more about evolution, like learning from what was done well and taking the things that were done well and trying to discard a lot of the things that were not effective or were shown to be not effective when the second generation of what you call like modern shonen popped as sort of direct copycats and like you know the magic didn't necessarily work as well in say a fairy tale as it did with a dragon ball you know like things like that so we i, I, I mean that's like, its own um, i feel like you're almost talking about the big three as the well, response so i so you know part of it's funny because like my real life job sometimes bleeds into the way i think about like the rest of the world and so i tend to be asked to look at big complicated things and then figure out systematically how the hell do you explain that activity like this big big system had a lot of moving parts you can't see all of it but it produces these effects why go explain and sometimes when i look at pop culture i kind of see the same spaghetti ball of (laughs) factors and influences and everything else that spit out all the stuff that we wind up enjoying. So when you think of something like Dragon Ball Z, it's worth remembering how many millions of people originally were affected either directly or indirectly by its existence. The fact that like in 2019 or 2018, the Japanese government could announce that, you know, Goku was going to host the Olympics and it, it at no point did anyone think that that was a crazy idea or that when you mm. see a video of like a uh, 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 sports arena in Brazil rented out to 15,000 people who are literally on their knees in the stands crying <laughs> when, uh, uh, you know, during that the final fight with Jiren and screaming at the t- at the, the monitors as if, like, you know, Wait, they were that at, a, at, a, at a game, at the greatest game of their lives. Oh, like, yeah. Things, oh, yeah. As, yeah, if it oh, were, uh, as if it were McGregor or if it was, like, Anderson Silva. <laughs> it, he yes. just had his last fight. Very recently. 
Exactly. Or like Khabib on the ground, like crying and everybody like on, you know, uh, watching at home, like that's a man, yada, yada. Like the fact that these events exist and they're linked to this franchise is not an accident. And as much as I want to give like Team Four Star a lot of credit for what they did do, which was create a very entertaining uh, derivative YouTube uh, or web-based parody of Dragon Ball that had an instant audience and by virtue of their hard work was like you know definitely a really cool product and i think some of them have gone on to get real legit work um you know in the industry as vas uh, and team four star i think is doing something um something they uh n- they dubbed a uh, they dubbed the movie the team four star dubbed this movie mm-hmm. called hells okay yeah yeah so like oh. that's a great like bootstrap story but i think that like sometimes if you're on the inside of of internet culture and you're looking at something like this you might mistake you might both you might over and underestimate what's going on and also mistake like what it means so like team four star is creating ironic parody material of a hugely popular existing franchise and they're doing it at a time for an audience that has basically aged up to the point where what they want to see is what you were talking about subversion of all the things that they kind of liked when they were kids but like done with a, a kind of appreciation love for it so that they don't feel bad about still liking it or still enjoying it. A lot of people really, 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 really fucking love Dragon Ball. But maybe it has to be represented to them in a way as adults that makes them feel like it's okay for them to still like it. It's okay for them to like take the piss out of the parts of it that make absolutely no sense or don't work. And then they can come right back around to the real thing and love it unironically and be reinvigorated. So things like Team Four Star kind of are playing, I call them like the garbage disposal of pop culture. The, the job that they're filling in there is one that's like like reclaiming material for the part of the audience that is really clued in. Because all the casual people, they never stopped liking Dragon Ball. Sure. They never did. I've talked to like you know 48-year-old grown men who remember when uh, Goku went Super Saiyan for the first time. They're not in the nerdosphere. They're not, on, they're not connected online. They're not doing anything. They're just hoping that maybe their kids will get into it so they can buy something. Right? Yeah, like, yeah. Like they, yeah. They don't, they're not still following Dragon Ball. But Absolutely it's not. It's cool that Dragon Ball happened. Yeah, I saw just anecdotally. I saw on my Facebook timeline a ad for what seemed to be a very high end um, apparel collection of like polo shirts. But the only thing that you would distinguish them from from like your you know standard run of the mill Ralph Lauren or, or Jockey or whatever is that where the logo would be for the other brand would be like a tiny Bulbasaur, <laughs> right? right. So it looks completely like something that you would have as part of your regular wardrobe, but you get to stick in that little nod to the thing that you liked from when you were a kid in a way that's not embarrassing. Oh, and, sure. And so that, to me, that's the other end of Team Four Star. If, team, if, if, if that kind of work, that garbage disposal work of like adding back the irony, laughing at the things we love, but still reinvigorating is helping that one area fan who's still super connected, but like maybe they've moved on. This other thing is kind of doing the same work, but for the lapsed fans who are the other end. And that's why Dragon Ball is still fucking Prince Money. That's the reason. Because <laughs> the core idea never stopped being good. And the people who love it will love it till the day they die. I've got a lot of thoughts. My first thought is first I'm thinking about the 
the would-be fashion designers that are going to make a mint when they start printing uh, red ribbon labels. On oh my god! Yo, that's just that would be sick. I was just what about did Michael to B. Jordan say. with his uh, uh, Naruto line? Like everyone laughed at the way he was talking, but like that that line sold out immediately. And actually, I saw it the other day. They're this was the um, where it was styled after uh, the Village of the Leaf, right? Yeah, yeah. I think I remember looking at these being ex- oh, the same thing. Wow, these are expensive, and also I can't buy them. They're all bought already. <laughs> right. Like, a 19-year-old hype beast is into anime now. And Dragon Ball, or whatever, you can insert whatever series here that you want, like, can be made relevant to that person 20, 30 years after the original, you know, had its first impact. So, like, that's a, you know, we, we went back talking about maybe, like, er ideas. There's the er man, but there's also, like, the er fan. And, like, there's a lot of people who want to be re-engaged, but, you know, they may see people older than them into something, and if they're rejected out of that fandom, they'll think it's stupid. They'll go around and say, ah, oh, this shit's whack, you know, it's for boomers, it's for whatever. But if there's a way to pull them in, which successful series do and successful creators are able to do that, then this shit will live forever. That's why I think, again, SAO is trash, and that's why it will die. Because, you wish. Because what's the the abridged version of SAO isn't really funny. It's just kind of sad. Are you telling me? Are you telling me that I can't go into a hot topic right now and buy a Village of the Hidden Leaf uh, forehead protector to guard myself? Because if I can't buy that in this day and age, I am thoroughly disappointed. I'm certain. I'm certain you won't be stopped. Uh, I. I was on Twitter and I saw like a picture of a line at, for a hot topic, and there were like far more fifty-plus-year-old like like people there who I don't know why they were there because they were not oh. like <laughs> they weren't dressed like fans and they weren't necessarily just dressed like normal civilians either. They were somebody's mom. There we go. So I don't know. Well, okay. Um, I almost feel like like I'm very I'm very grateful to have you guys on because like part, another gear of my brain is turning where it's like. What if we just talked about the comparison between um, Hogwarts and, and Naruto <laughs> ninja schools and the way that people oh applied uh? themselves to those different schools for like uh, an hour? I'm, I'm, because I'll, I know I'll, you guys I'll tap could. Myself out. <laughs> I know you could. Jordan, oh, Jordan my might. God. I don't know. <laughs> oh my god, that's incredible. Well, uh, well oh at this point, uh, I do believe it is probably time for us to uh, begin preparations for the bonus round. Uh, Nick, what are we doing today? Uh, today we're uh, we're gonna go redub some. We're gonna, we're gonna adapt <laughs> some episodes. Yeah, that. that's good. Today, uh, yeah, we're gonna go dub uh, Metabots. So uh, we're gonna we're go gonna dub go Bleach. Bleach, Bleach hasn't had a Bleach hasn't had an abridged version. We're gonna yet. go. Oh, we're gonna go God. dub Bleach. Go and then uh, we'll see you folks in a quick second. Uh, welcome that, back. Yeah. I cannot think of a more perfect <laughs> introduction for the bonus round <laughs> than, a, uh, than a cough open. Uh, welcome back to the bonus round, everybody. We are here once more, or continuing to be here with the anime savants. What's up? They never, they never left. They never left. Nick, how was your... Yeah, what did, Fuck. We, what did, what did we, do? we do? Where did we Shit. go? Shit. Uh, we went into a filler arc. 
That's uh, right. We did go into a filler arc. Had a little apartif. Yeah. Uh, the filler arc was was mostly useless, uh, <laughs> and anything that was worth watching, you you've already found it on. YouTube. We went through some totally non-canonical storyline and character development that will never be referenced again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those those side characters that got developed during the filter filler arc, still useless. Yep. <laughs> they don't, don't exist. exist anymore. Doubly they're, useless. They're, they're gonna get purpose. jobs. They're gonna get jobs twice as hard because of how useful you think that they're. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, their only purpose is gonna be to throw a knife at someone so I can like teleport to the knife, and then that's oh, yeah. their whole purpose. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, like all of the important character development, all of like the important like development, not only in development in context of their relationship with the main character, but development in terms of them as a person. All of that was so that they get fucking beat up by the Frieza clone. <laughs> They're going to get rocked by the Frieza clone. And, and so all of that character development was so that you know how important it is that they get rocked by the yeah, Frieza clone. Yeah, they get one-shotted, but then uh, our character, we all relearn the same lesson that we learned in their yeah. filler arc again directly afterwards as if we'd never met them. <laughs> and so... The power of friendship defeats yet again another inter- <laughs> intergalactic super space Hitler. <laughs> uh, well, welcome back. Welcome to the bonus round, everyone. Uh, we have a we have a couple of questions to ask. Yeah, we here, and so I'm ready. I'm ready to. I'm ready to put it down. Let's but, do it. But, but but Tyler, I think you might. Are you ready to pick it up? <sighs> it. <laughs> I feel like I need, uh, I feel like I'm in the middle of the arena and I have, like, one of my friends is in the stands, like, explaining Are you what's picking up what I'm putting down? He, he has to get up in order to get back down. <laughs> alright, what, what's, alright, let's lay it down, Nick. What you got for me? Alright, so, it's real simple. I got you guys here and we talked a lot about Naruto already. Naruto ended up with, 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 with Hinata. Uh, which I think was was Uh-oh. the right choice. Uh, tell me two things. Two things is what I ask of you. What did you think was the right choice when you were a high schooler when the show dropped? And when what what do you think is the right choice now, as an adult? Uh, and I'm gonna I'll go start first. When I was a kid, I was like, Nah, dude, Naruto's gonna pick Eno. Like Eno's 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 the good shit. Like he doesn't like nobody <laughs> understands. Naruto's gonna end up with Eno because. You know, that's just the right choice. Uh, <laughs> no, no, Naruto. In hindsight, he's with the right person. They they got a healthy relationship. That's that's what you aspire to. Yep, complete banal Family Guy lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Uh, I, I I'm gonna do, I'm gonna pass for now <laughs> because I have such strong <laughs> negative feelings for shipping that have we've talked about. <laughs> I think it's best that I just go last. <laughs> so I'm gonna, I'm gonna pass. That's fair. That's if you're morally opposed to shipping as a concept, that I respect There's, that. Uh, <laughs> oh boy! Well, here comes a shipper <laughs> with this opinion. <laughs> um. Well, I'm just gonna precurse this with um while that shit was coming out, and I was. Discovering things on the internet. <laughs> um, 
I know what this answer is. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Choji. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, um, as I was discovering things on the internet, um, I learned about shipping, and I also learned about the world of boys' love. <laughs> so, hey. I'm just gonna say that there is there's a lot of Naruto shipping <laughs> that that. I got on board with that is never going to be possible in the <laughs> what? Series. What? No. Listen, never. it's 2020. I, the internet. <laughs> and I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> oh, my so, God. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, so I, I actually first started watching Naruto. Um my friend Wade introduced. Well, he. I had made a deal with him that if uh, if he read all of the Wheel of Time, I would watch all of Naruto. And so, it, he's still reading. Yeah, the about Wheel of the Time, same way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but but yeah, I actually Jordan. So it it was when Jordan and I were in school together. That was twenty twelve, twenty thirteen, right? Yeah, 2012 to 2014. Yeah, so it must it was right around then. That's when I watched all of Naruto and I caught up just as the final like fight with Kaguya arc was starting. Mm. <clears throat> and so so I I didn't really have I'd say like when I originally watched it cuz like yeah, it's I, I don't really have a different answer because I was like, okay. At first I was like, okay, obviously he's going to end up with Sakura cuz like that's the whole like Oh, childhood crush, and then she's gonna realize he's matured, and he's not a little, you know, piece of shit anymore. But then, you know, all of this Hinata stuff, and I was like, oh, okay, well, we have a dark horse coming up, and then I was like, but she's, but she's, she's been useless this whole show. And then I was like, even when, you know, her most important, the most important part of the show for her was to get gravely injured. And I was like, and then they made a movie that was all about her, but it was actually all about how Naruto's gonna help her. And I was like, alright, this is like, this is not a good match. Well, high key, they're all useless. It's Kishimoto (laughs) at work! High key, they're all useless. Every one of them. Yeah. Yeah, that's, it was then that I kind of learned, I was like, oh, it's not just her. Okay. Except for Tamari. Except for Tamari. Yeah, I was like, but then like, as far as characters that would put up with his shit... I was like Hinata, like he just he walks all over, right? Hinata. And like he doesn't mean this to, learn but nothing. he does. Yeah, I was like, I was actually thinking, I was like, Tamari is the only one that would be like, hey, you you have kids, you can't do that anymore. See, I was thinking that would be Tenten, but that's mostly because she got so <laughs> such <laughs> a. Tenten is that's what I'm saying. But but, but she got such she got history. such little like airtime doing anything at all that you could imagine <laughs> any personality, <laughs> anything that you wanted like to fix the show, you could throw it on Tenten. I mean, the correct answer for any red blooded male is Eno. So I'm happy that that got mentioned. Like like that's that's the actual answer. Like. Actual and factual, so there is there is no other real discussion. But if you want to have like, but if you but if you want to like just dive into the mind of like uh, a very timid Japanese teenager, it's Hinata because she'll never challenge anyone with, about anything. It just turned out that like Oof. like Naruto just seems to, as he grew up, yep. figured out how to be like not a utter piece of shit. So. <laughs> 
in in lockstep. Seriously, seriously though, because like like there is this, there is an alternate universe where like whoever Hanada married abuses her children and she doesn't exactly yeah she's she is the quiet silent japanese wife that's what it is it's so true though it's a it's the self-insert of the submissive like it's in fantasy yeah i mean like i could i've seen a little bit in, in boruto and i think that like the whatever the framework that that you know kishimoto's not really writing it he's he's supervising but the framework for Hinata's character in that series is more based on what I would imagine like just a real adult married person would be like what I mean to say that is she's not really a dynamic character in the series but like the emotions and thoughts that she expresses are the kinds of emotions and thoughts like someone's mom would have about them and their family if they were all relatively well adjusted you know, like there's a couple of moments that I don't even know if are, are are actually canon, where she goes out and you know does some things to defend her family and blah blah blah. Which you know, it's not offensive. It doesn't make it's not it, does, it doesn't make zero sense. But as far as like how you went from that character to who she was as an adult, she was already someone's wife when you know in spirit when she was introduced. <laughs> like, yeah, that's such a great point. Is is the wife in spirit? Yeah. Like it was a, it was a pre-assumed attachment for this character right it's almost like a uh, yeah it's almost a devaluation because it's like they were never a character in absence of this particular person yeah and and i think that like my big criticism you know if i were to and and i say big in the terms of like how that's a it is a great way like the the way i not necessarily big is that i felt it strongly but big is in like all encompassing of what i thought about this character was that like she shows up she becomes infatuated with Naruto, who is objectively just a piece of shit. Like, like he's not at this point. He's not yeah. the yeah. He's a he's an yeah. He's not the he's, he's not, not he's not the Sasuke it. piece of shit. The Sasuke piece of shit is just like moody emo, you know, self destructive, whatever. Naruto's just a fucking moron. And like everyone, <laughs> right, right. It's yeah. It's a problem to be around. Yes, absolutely. He causes pr- he's annoying and he fucks shit right. up. If you so everyone knows that. That I'm gonna say that girl, but it could just as easily be a man. But like growing up, everyone knows that person who's like someone's boyfriend or girlfriend, and they just like follow them around. So like you'll be chilling in someone's house, mm-hmm. and they're just there. They're not like contributing to anything, but the yeah. reason they're there is because they 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 like this person, and so like they just show up, and they have no personality that they are either allowed to show or care to show anybody. They add nothing to any conversation or anything that ever happens. They're just present. And unfortunately, like, that's That's what she was. And so by virtue of the fact that every other woman in the series is, like, fundamentally worthless, at least how they're written, like, she wins by default. But the answer in real life is Eno, because Eno's stacked. Eno can can fuck your brain up, which is what, you know, a good woman will do when she finds a dude who's like, you need you need some readjustment. To, so, oh, my God. Yeah. And then she she was the dopest one as an adult, so it is what it is. That's that's correct. Eno was the best in the series, I think. Yeah. Eno was a little genre savvy. Yeah. Probably yeah. the most genre savvy of the group. Absolutely. Well, so, okay, so my question is, uh, alright, so, I saw on a YouTube video, and it's an older video, but it was, uh, someone had written, uh, a program 
for VR that allows you to earthbend. Cool. And there are different oh, you know, uh... poses you can do and all kinds of shit like that. I thought it was the coolest idea. If if that you know, if they fixed everything and they you know, put all the all the time and money into it, I think it would be one of the coolest things ever made for VR. To be able to like bend at each other. You know, it's funny you mention that because if there was some sort of game where I like now I'm a I'm a fairly adjusted human adult. Fairly adjusted. I wake up in the morning like a normal adult does from Monday to Friday. I go to my job. I do my job. I get my job done. I do all the things that are required of a human adult. But if you give me the opportunity to fire and to pr- not only fire, but to practice my Kamehameha technique. Oh, shit. I'm with you right there. And fire. <laughs> and fire Kamehamehas into the lake all day in VR. You will never see yeah, me. I, I quit. I would quit everything I'm doing immediately. That would just be my lifestyle. So then, so my question is, of, you know, we know that bending would be a great magic system to put into VR... What would be your, and not necessarily magic system, but you know what I mean. What would be your perfect thing to put into VR? If it were possible. Yeah. If it were possible. Into VR. Yeah, like, like, you know how, so for example, my, my answer is to, is for them to just fucking perfect whatever program they did where you could bend people. And then that would be, that would be the ultimate like magic system simulator that that kind of thing to put into a VR system where like 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 an Oculus you know like that that kind of thing hmm that's a good question give me nen thank you how do we do that there's that um there's Ooh. that brainwave there's that oh, there's wow. that there's yeah. that uh, there's a uh, for like medical therapy there's like this this brainwave cap that they use yeah, yeah 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 and i'm like if yeah hook that shit up get, let me let me dream up my own abilities and shit like <laughs> off yeah, yeah Nen, like, nen's where it's at that's a good one nen, nen would be good vr um i'm gonna be generic and i'm gonna say i want oh shit powers. yeah nice i want i want to be able to like have a full fucking transformation in VR <laughs> and then I want to be able to like have I want to be able to say a crazy fucking attack <laughs> name and just have random shit happen <laughs> and basically just be like you know boom boom plaster or some shit like that and just have shit So, so like here's a question so this is an easy follow up question if you did have that what would your focus item be for you to transform Cause I know so, I know exactly actually, what my it, so I just thought about that. So actually, it wouldn't even be I wouldn't have a focus item. It literally would just be like hand signs or some shit. Actually, no, there wouldn't be anything. It would be um like the beginning of a um, of a Sakuga fight in um in a Magical Girl anime. So in some of the shows that I watch, they have like the full transformation scene. But sometimes when shit gets like really crazy the girl will like run up to the monster unpowered and then it'll be like 
they're, and then all of a sudden, like, their clothes will, like, appear on their body. Like, it's like they did, like, a one-second transformation. And they all it always looks so fucking cool. So that's what I, will, I would prefer. Nice. Like, not, I don't even need a fucking item. It's just like, oh, shit's about to hit the fan. Boom. <laughs> like, mid, like, mid-punch, right before my punch hits. Ooh. Like, right. the, the, um... The, the the what's gonna call it just like appears on my body and then you're like bam also if it's gonna be vr then that means that it needs to be coded to that i can just wave a pencil like different items can do different there you go that's what i'm talking about attacks yeah so you- yeah so like if i pick up a pencil i'm gonna be like all right let's swing this shit and i'm gonna be like oh shit it's like light blade sights coming out of the pencil whenever i swipe it and when i throw it it's like a fucking meteorite that's, spear. Yo, that's shit. what's but up. Only See, with the this pencil. could work. Mine would be uh, OG snapback. So you have it in the front of your head. You turn it backwards. You're wearing a glove. So it's powering up as you turn it back. And then you bring it up for that. <laughs> then you bring oh it up to God. your face. Like you make that fist and the power explodes out the fist. That shit would be fucking sick. <laughs> See, oh. this is why people need to watch more Magical Girl shit. This is so it's no, I'm cool. All about, oh, I'm, I'm all but about yeah, transformation if, sequences. I love them. I love the. I love oh the uh, the OG like uh, having all pieces of your armor fly in from across the city. Like fuck Iron Man. <laughs> yes. Iron Man. Listen, people don't understand. This is deeper than Iron Man. It's deeper than that shit. It goes back. You can go like Gotcha Man and all that other shit. They knew how to pull that shit off, right? Like you have to. You have to have that shit like launched yes. from outer space on like a. A, a, a fucking a fucking like helicarrier that looks like a bird like shoots that shit like beams of light explode it yeah like I need to fly through the stratosphere in a T pose yeah that's right the T pose of dominance to my the T pose of dominance flying over the It's a it's a power stance to T pose while you're basically naked yes, as your is. armor flies to your person from Istanbul or various parts of the world. Your kneecaps are coming from Istanbul. That's right. Like like your shins are coming from Brazil. Then like a, a hologram oh of like God. Elon Musk's head is like humming your theme song in the sky above the city. <laughs> Looking like Zordon. You, you know, like the uh, <laughs> in the modern day and age, what was the guy who was like just like the floating pillar of light <laughs> in, in Power Rangers? Oh right, yeah, Zordon. Well, Zordon was the head. Zordon? He was the head in the jar. Right. So, so that's Elon. It's just Elon. Right, just, just like Elon. That. He already sounds like an alien. <laughs> right. <laughs> he comes back from that like Mar- the Mars One rocket, just just a floating disembodied head, giving like inner city kids like magical girl powers. <laughs> a whole generation of Zoomers T posing over the city. <laughs> oh, and, and and of course they all they all conveniently support the new uh, model. 4 Oh, of course, of course. Did, just just just. Did you oh all see God. the uh, the the news release today with that like you know? So he's doing that uh, the Wi-Fi from a satellite. Like you can sign up for it, but in the but in the end user agreement, you when you sign up for the 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 Wi-Fi service, you agree to support uh, some initiative that says like Mars will never be ruled by the inter- by international right. law. <laughs> what? Like, what? I, so so I saw that part of it, but I didn't see the whole story. Yeah. So uh, space force 
made a point to clarify that Mars will not be bound to the laws of yeah. if humans operate in that space. Perfect. SpaceX, man, well, I'm glad crazy. we could get that nailed down. <laughs> he's hey, he's uh, this is it. If you guys want to know what 4D chess is, this is it right here. Because this man, th- this man's thinking a couple hundred years this, ahead. This, this was he's the, got it. This is the move. Yeah, pre-liberated. Mars. He pre-liberated. Um, <laughs> That's great. <laughs> um, amazing. Uh, so, Nick, what would what would what would you have for your magic system? What would I have for my magic system? For your your VR. Thing. Oh yes, absolutely. Um, it would be the one that I described to you guys before because, like, I can't think of anything that is more cathartic, more stress relieving than like a lo-fi hip hop playlist is playing in the background, and I look over my shoulder and I see Kame House, and I look in front of me, <laughs> and, 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 and I just see, you know, like the, the waves are are, are kind of calmly sloshing up against the, the the small humble island that is at my feet, and I charge up. And blast Kamehameha's. <laughs> That's the that right there is the true 2027 boomer aesthetic. <laughs> it is very like forget about catching fish. Like let me just blast some Kamehameha's. <laughs> it's like it's it, ruined the right, whole ecosystem. It's the Oculus Rift 9000 Dragon Ball hip hop like wave. Oh yeah, there's a lot of like mid 2000s like Pumpkin Hill plays like while you blast. Yeah, this. there you go. Oh my god. That's about right. That's perfect. Put it on a shirt. It's oh, gorgeous. <laughs> Excellent. Well, uh, I believe that's our show, everyone. Uh, thank you for thank you for stopping by the void. And thank you, Anime Savants, for coming on. Oh, our pleasure. Yes. Thank you for having us. Yeah. This is fun again. As always. Uh, anything you'd like to plug before we say goodbye? Do it. Do it. Do the plug. Um, Do the plug. Do it. Do it. The plug. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Okay. You can follow us on um, uh, Twitter at Anime Savants. Um, you can find. Oh, wait. You can follow us on Instagram at Anime Savants, and you can follow us on Twitter at Anime underscore Savants because some dummy still has that name even though they don't use the fucking account. Um, and uh, also, you can follow us on YouTube. We are currently going through our Ghost Stories dub oh watch my God. series. Oh. oh, God. So, if you guys have not, if anyone has not seen Ghost Stories, um, that's not a bad thing. But the English dub of Ghost Stories, um, which James introduced me to, is fucking iconic. So, we are doing. Uh, um, reaction videos on YouTube where we're literally just like, you know, watching ghost stories and laughing our asses <laughs> off. And that is only on YouTube, so it won't be on the... Well, of course it won't be on the podcast, but, you know, it's interactive. We've got waveforms and all that kind of stuff so you can see who is talking and stuff. So, yeah, that's where we... That's our plug. That's that series is an unbelievable treat, and uh, I think you guys would be very happy to enjoy it with the podcast oh yeah we're already on episode we just finished episode three like it's fucking great you guys would be very happy to enjoy it with the anime sponsor crew i know i've enjoyed it by myself (laughs) excellent well uh signing off i am one of your co-hosts tyler i am the other co-host holy donut that's that's him (laughs) very nice oh uh we'll we'll see you folks next week 
See you around. Bye. Peace out. Bye. Hey, thanks for joining us in the void. If you like what you hear, give us a review on iTunes and Spotify. You can also find us on Twitter at MTBATV. You can also send us an email at me, the boys, and the void at gmail.com. That's me, the boys, and the void. No symbols, no ampersand in there. Send us your hot takes, your shower thoughts, your bathroom graffiti ramblings, and they might make it on the show. Feel free to take cheap shots, too. You can do it anonymously with zero consequences. I read every email, and if you play your cards right, I might even take it a little personally. We'd also like to thank Scopy Magazine for having us on their network. We'll see you all next week here on the couch. All right, that's it. Go on, get out of here. Float on, you weirdos. <laughs>